Welcome to State Lines, where you get the best gambling and sports information in Illinois. Here are your hosts, Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. Welcome aboard to a week four of the National Football League edition of State Lines. Great to have you with us for the best gambling information you're going to find out there. He is Kevin Berger. My name is Jason Gosh. We got you covered for the entire week four slate of the NFL campaign. Got some fun prop bets, some big Bears news off the field. Also, we'll mix in some college talk as well. But I'm going to start off the show again like I did last week, everybody. I had to brag a little bit. The best bets for me. Two and one, Saints, an easy winner getting the points at New England. They won that game. The Saints did 28-13 as a two-and-a-half-point dog. Also, the Rams plus one-and-a-half at home against the Buccaneers. They beat the Bucs and Brady outright 34-24. Did lose with the Chiefs, who went down to the Chargers at home, as the Chiefs were minus six-and-a-half in that game. But now my best bets dating back to the preseason, 14-4. and four. You're busting Las Vegas if you're betting with Jason Gotch and those best bets so far this season but one best bet so far this season if you're a fan of the team is not the Chicago Bears as far as how they are playing losers in Cleveland to the Browns 26-6 back on Sunday a lot of people want Matt Nagy out of town Justin Fields sacked nine times in that game Kevin Berger I know you don't want to talk about your Bears fan nothing went right for the Bears in that contest Baker Mayfield and company romped to the win uh, give us your thoughts on the Bears falling to one and two. Well, Jason, I mean, first things first is why is anybody surprised that that this is what the Bears look like? I don't understand why anybody's surprised. I said this in a Facebook and a Twitter uh, post on Sunday. It's almost as if no matter who is at quarterback, the Bears' offense is still terrible. So maybe, just maybe, the talent isn't the problem. Now, granted. The offensive line was bad. We're not going to make any excuses about that. They were bad. However, um, Jason, I'm sure you've probably seen the video surfacing around the internet. I bet a bunch of our listeners have have seen it by now as well. That Dan Orlovsky, the next day on Monday morning, had probably about three minutes where he completely dissected why the Bears were as bad as they were. Justin Fields threw the ball 30 times. 15 of those... No, it was 18 of those 30 passes were five-man protection, no help at all. When you have guys like Jadavion Clowney, rookie uh, Jeremiah Wusu-Kormo, and Miles Garrett basically teeing off on your quarterback. They didn't run the football. They didn't max protect. They didn't move the pocket. They did not play to any of Justin Fields' strengths at all. Basically, it was almost as if Matt Nagy wanted him to go out there and get himself killed. And that's, and that's practically what he did because Justin Fields did not deserve that. The rest of the Bears' offense didn't deserve it. The defense does not deserve it. And honestly, out the fans do not deserve it. This man should not have a job, and I want him gone now. Don't even give him the rest of the season. I understand the Bears have never, ever, ever fired a coach midseason, but he has to go. All right, Kevin Berger is officially the president of the Matt Nagy fan club, as you can hear by his thoughts on the Bears head coach as we continue here on State Lines. Look, I've never been a Matt Nagy fan either. I, I Even when the Bears were good that one year, they made the playoffs a few years ago uh, when they were 12-4 and four and they lost to the Eagles. I, I hated his clock management that season. 
I don't put all this on Matt Nagy, however. I'm not trying to apologize for him. I don't think he's good, and I think he needs to go at some point as well. But Ryan Pace has never addressed the offensive line in a productive way. Tevin Jenkins had injury issues in college, and he's their second-round pick this year, supposed to be the starting left tackle, probably out for the year, and you got to sign Jason Peters off the scrap heap. So the GM's the problem. Uh, Justin Fields, look, his upside might be good at some point, and it probably is at at some point, you know, he's going to show more, but he holds the ball too long as well. Not all this is on Justin Fields, but he doesn't look ready to play in the NFL. The Bears' best thing to do right now is just play Andy Dalton the next few weeks and see what happens. And also to keep Justin Fields healthy, too. If you can't protect him, you don't want him going down uh, to injury or really getting his confidence demoralized and you look at Andy Dalton, he's going to get rid of the ball quicker and against the Bengals a couple weeks ago, you know, Dalton actually threw the ball well in the first quarter when he was healthy in that game. So I'd go with Dalton. I don't think Nagy's going anywhere till after the season, not saying he shouldn't go anywhere. He probably should, but at this point, look, I, I, that's just not the way the bears do business. Unfortunately, we'll see what happens. Um, Maybe he will go sooner rather than later, but Matt Nagy is certainly not the answer. If he doesn't go now, he definitely has to go at the end of the year. Kevin, let's look at the game coming up though this Sunday, because hope springs eternal in the NFL bears are only one and two. They can get back to 500 when they play the winless lions who, if you're ever going to talk about a franchise summing up their last 65 years or so, the Detroit Lions, the way they lost that game to the Ravens, giving up a fourth and long, Justin Tucker kicking a 66-yard NFL game record, game-winning field goals, time expires, the ball hits the crossbar and falls through. Lions going to Lion. Bears are minus three at Soldier Field, minus 140. Lions plus 120 on the money line. Totals 42, noon kickoff. Country's not going to be plastered this one, most likely. Not, not good teams here, but how do you think this is going to play out? Well, Jason, honestly, I would be inclined to take the Bears in this game. Number one, they're playing at home. Two, allegedly the weather's supposed to be bad. And three, as we talked before um, we started, it's the Lions. They can't seem to catch a break. To be fair, I do think that the people on uh, the internet that were going crazy over the not-called delay of game did actually have a point because that was a solid zero on the play clock for at least a good second and a half to two seconds. Um, But I would go ahead and I would just take the Bears minus three in this game. It's not great odds. It is only it is minus 105. I don't think the oh, I'm not touching the total here because I do not think that these teams are going to be able to put up 42 points. Um, The Lions offense doesn't impress me. Bears offense is terrible. And uh, I don't think the Lions are going to outright win. So I'm staying away from that on the money line. So uh, give me the Bears minus three, I suppose. Yeah, I'm with you, Kevin, pretty much on all that. And I agree. That clock had shown double zero for the delay of game call. It shouldn't even been Justin Tucker getting that 66-yard attempt. But again, when you're the Lions, nothing seems to go your way even at home. That was a bad call by the refs. I'm going to take the Bears, too. I don't love this game. It's not going to be one of my best bets. These are two bad teams. Bears are minus three simply because they're on their own field. Vegas gives you three points for being on your own field. Uh, the total's tempting to go under. But when you got two bad offenses on the field, turnovers can make for short fields and all of a sudden that'll go over 42 is not enough points for me to take a chance on going on the under here because the bad offenses could create points the other direction so i'm going to take the bears minus the three again don't love it but we'll book that one for week four for the bears against the lions now real quick here kev i do want to we're gonna get to some better drinking but i think we're gonna save that to next segment our prop bets that we like to have fun with here on the program big news for the Chicago Bears buying some property out in Arlington Heights, Illinois. That is a northwest suburb of Chicago, the old Arlington racetrack that's going to be flattened. You would think at some point, no more racing there. And it could be a new home for the Bears. As a lifelong Bears fan, your thought on a possible move. And do you think it actually will happen? It's one thing to buy property. It's another thing to build a stadium. 
Jason, I, I think that's exactly the case. I think this is going to happen because, I mean, the Bears paid a – now, they have – I don't believe they've – um yeah, they the Bears have now spent $197.2 million as agreed upon in this purchase for the Arlington Racetrack. I'm getting that a figure from the Chicago Tribune. Um, you are not going to drop almost $200 million as a bluff or a negotiation tactic. So when the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, said that, oh, she thinks that it's going to be, that this is just a negotiation tactic, she's out of her mind. Um, a franchise like the Bears, the McCaskies, they've been known forever. They don't like to spend money. Um, they're not going to do this for no reason. I do think that the Bears are going to build a stadium there because they don't have a choice. Soldier Field is old. It's not big enough. It's not nearly accessible enough especially from the vast majority of the fans, Jason, where a lot of the fans that go to these Bears games, they're commuting from the suburbs to get to Soldier Field. Soldier Field, it's hard to get to. It's even harder to get out of on game day than it is to get there. So it, it's not big enough, and Chicago deserves better. And people are like, oh, well, how can you call them the Chicago Bears anymore when they're not in Chicago anymore? I'll give you three examples. The Dallas Cowboys – the um, San Francisco 49ers, both of the teams in New York, actually, the Jets and the Giants, and also um, the L.A. Rams and the L.A. Chargers. None of those teams play within the city limits of their respective city that's in their title. Um, I think the Bears have to do this, and I think it's they, they, all I'm saying is they better get it right. They better get it right because it should have a retractable roof, tons of parking, tons of seats. And if you're me, I would also throw a, a casino and or sports book on there. So that way you can get some additional revenue. Makes too much sense for this not to happen at some point. There's an expressway there. There's a train stop from the city. So people who are downtown or close to it can't complain about getting out there. You get a Super Bowl. You'll get Final Fours. You might get the Big Ten Championship game. You're going to get concerts. You're going to put that retractable roof on. Uh, the only thing I will add to what Kevin says is I I'm not sure this is going to happen as quickly as people think. Nobody has brought up this angle. Absolutely. But the Bears are at some point, in my opinion, going to be for sale. Because, you look, Virginia McCaskey's 98 years old. At some point, uh, that team will be subject to estate taxes. The Bears are a cash-poor ownership group. They're rich because they got the football operation. And when you buy this land, you make that franchise all that much more valuable to a super, super billionaire that you can say, hey, not only do you have the team, but you got a plot of land. You can go stand cranky it and build your own stadium with your own money on this perfect piece of land. And you're going to be able to print money and have one of the marquee franchises, the NFL. And that Bears lease doesn't end till the early 2030s at Soldier Field. So that might fit the timeline, too. Now, maybe the McCaskies will be able to get it done with money from the NFL. But this also seems to me like a move that, yeah, you spend almost $200 million for the land. But guess what? It makes your team so much more valuable if you have to and probably will eventually put them on the market. Time right. will tell, but yeah, I, I think this makes a lot of sense. And Soldier Field, look, it, it's a 100-year-old facility. Even with those renovations, you can only do so much to a 100-year-old facility. Time for the Bears to have greener pastures. We come back, more NFL games to pick, better to drink it, lots more. He's Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch. More right after this. Don't go anywhere. More sports gambling talk coming up on State Lines. Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. 
At AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash Lifeline if you have access to the Internet. Lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable. Limited to one discount per household. AT&T services, including Lifeline, are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply. And now, back to State Lines with Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. We welcome you back to State Lines. It's always great to talk to everybody out there. Thank you for joining the program. He's Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch. Let's get to some NFL games for week number four. We both told you last segment we like the Bears minus the three against the Lions in an ugly game at Soldier Field. But it's not the ugliest game of the week. Later in the show, we'll have our toilet bowl, really bad matchup of week number four. Oh, man, it's a... It truly is a toilet bowl this week. But let's get to some of the better games. Uh, the Packers, 325 kickoff against the Steelers at Lambeau this week at Central Time. Packers are minus 6.5, Kev, minus 290 in this one. The Steelers come back plus 230. Total is 45.5 in this contest. How you seeing this one play out? Well, Jason, um, I'm actually I'm kind of surprised that the line is as big as it's at at six and a half points. I think that's kind of a lot. I, I do know that the Packers, they did look very, very good in this past week against um, San Francisco. And I know Pittsburgh did not look so good at all in their past game. But um, I find it hard to believe that Pittsburgh's going to play that poorly two weeks in a row. With that being said, if I have to do anything on this game at all, I would probably either take the Packers um, minus six and a half because, I mean, the, 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 they're they're going to win this game. I'm fully confident they're going to win this game. Or I would also maybe take a look at the total. I know you said it's 45 and a half between these two offenses, which, I mean, the Packers, we all know how much points uh, Aaron Rodgers can uh, put up on the scoreboard. But Ben Roethlisberger, when he's on, uh, this Steelers offense is just as prolific as any as any other offense in the NFL. So I'm either looking at the Packers minus six and a half, or the or uh, on the over minus one ten on the over. Had a rough season for the Steelers. They had that nice win in Buffalo, surprised a lot of people. Since that point, uh, they have lost consecutive games. But I'm going to go ahead and jump on the Steelers here, plus the six and a half. Could be a letdown for the Packers coming off that thrilling Sunday night win out in San Francisco. So give me the Steelers and Roethlisberger to do enough to cover. I don't think they win, but I'm going to take them plus the six and a half. Big game of the week in the NFL, most likely from the fans' perspective. You love them, you hate them. It doesn't matter. This is an interesting matchup. Tom Brady returns to New England, Foxborough. Patriots are plus seven at home against Brady and the Bucks. Patriots plus 240 on the money line. Bucks roll back at minus 305 on the money line. The total is 49. This is the Sunday night game, 720 kickoff central time. Bucks had the loss last week in L.A. to the Rams. Patriots fell at home to the Saints. Kevin, give me your thoughts on this matchup, and will it be Brady and the Bucks or the Patriots getting a little revenge? Well, in terms of winning, uh, Jason, I think I'm more inclined to take the Bucs. Um, I think they are going to be highly motivated. I think Tom Brady is especially going to be motivated, and he is going to want to make a statement in this game. 
that it wasn't just Belichick. I mean, I'm sure most of us have figured that out, that it wasn't just Coach Bill Belichick, that a lot of it had to do with Tom Brady. I think he's going to want to emphasize that point even more this week. But um, from the gambler's perspective, I'm actually looking at New England um, plus six and a half. I think New England will be able to do enough to cover this game, especially being at home. And I think Mac Jones has looked better um, every single week. It hasn't been huge improvements. I think he has looked better. I think they'll be able to do enough to cover this game but I am going to take the Bucs uh, to outright win the game because I, I think that Tom Brady, uh, a motivated and annoyed Tom Brady is never good for anybody else that's staying on the other sideline. <laughs> All right, Kev. I think you rolled into what I'm going to say and why I'm going to pick the Bucs here. First off, I hate huge road favorites in the NFL. I really do. Minus seven scares the heck out of me, except the fact that Tom Brady is 44 years old and playing in the NFL. I, I know most people at this point in their life would have rode off into the sunset. They wouldn't go to bed at eight o'clock at night. They wouldn't eat that horrendous diet Brady eats to keep his body, you know, years younger and real years than it really is so he can play in the NFL. So you don't think he wants to go into Foxborough and just make the Patriots look bad. No disrespect to the fans, but basically the team that he felt didn't really appreciate him at the end, Belichick, I, I know Bob Kraft, he's still close to, but I don't know how much love there is with Bill Belichick right now and Tom Brady. Give me the bucks, minus the seven. Brady's got a point to prove. We are on state lines, and you are listening to Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger pick all a whole bunch of NFL games, mixing some college too. Kev, let's roll along here in this segment with the Kansas City Chiefs. Disappointing this season, the Chiefs. They're one and two. They're minus seven on the road in Philadelphia against the Eagles this week. Noon kickoff. And they are the Chiefs minus 310 on the money line. The Eagles come back at plus 245. Total in this game for these two teams is 54. How do you see this one breaking down? Chiefs really need a win. Surprising to say that, but it's true. I was going to say, yeah, Jason, they they need this win badly. Um, I really don't like anything going on in this game because I, I don't think the Eagles are going to be able to do enough Oh, 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 actually, because I want to say I don't think the Eagles are going to be able to do enough to cover this game, Jason, because of how bad they have looked since their week one win against the Falcons. I mean, they looked absolutely awful against the Dallas Cowboys this past week. I mean, they looked absolutely atrocious, but the Chiefs haven't really looked much better. The total at 54, I think that's a little high. I know how high-powered and explosive this Chiefs offense is, but, I mean, they haven't looked all that great. So if I have to do anything, I'll take the under on the minus 54 or uh, under 54 points because I really don't like the spread here being at seven points with how bad both of these teams have played so far. All right, I'm going to go with the Chiefs again. Going against my better judgment historically, the Chiefs minus seven on the road, but the Chiefs have a good offense still. They need to win. The Eagles do not have a good offense. So I think the Chiefs are going to roll in this game and going to want to make a statement. Chiefs minus seven at the Eagles. Book it for Jason Gotch. Cowboys and the Panthers. This is a good game all of a sudden. A couple of teams over 500 this year. Sam Darnold doing some good things with Carolina. Cowboys are minus four, minus 200 in this one against the Panthers who returned plus 170. This game down in Texas. Totals 50 and a half. Noon kickoff. Taking Mike McCarthy's squad here. You're going to go with Matt Rule's up and coming Panthers. Um, Jason, honestly, I actually kind of like the Panthers plus four in this game. I think that their offense has been playing exceptionally well, especially with Christian McCaffrey being hurt again. Um, 
as you said, Sam Darnold has looked very, very good. And as you've pointed out multiple times already earlier, earlier this season, the Panthers have a very solid defense. Um, now, I, again, I know Dallas, they have all the talent in the world. They have Dak. He's looked great, which I'm glad for because I, I really like Dak Prescott. Amari Cooper's looked good. Ezekiel Elliott looks better. I think it's it also helped that he's lost a little bit of weight. And that defense is loaded with talent. But I think the Panthers are going to be able to do enough to cover this game. I don't think they'll be able to win just because of the talent discrepancy between Carolina and Dallas, I think, is a little bit too much. But I definitely think the Panthers can keep this game close, and I'm going to pick them to cover plus four. All right, I'm jumping aboard with you, Kev. Give me the Panthers plus the four. Again, the defense for Carolina will do enough. And I think the Panthers actually are probably the better team between these two squads. So give me the Panthers plus four. Let's do some bet it or drink it. We do it every week. Do you want to bet the proposition bet I throw out there? Or do you want to keep that money in the beer fund, the food fund, whatever you want to do? So when you go to the bar with your buddies, you do not want to be running out of money when you're watching NFL games. You don't want to be mooching money off the friends. So you got to balance the betting money and your overall kitty to make sure you got enough to cover the food and beer bill. So here we go. Rob Gronkowski, also the return to New England this week. That one a little more under the radar because of the Brady story. But Gronk at the Patriots for the Bucks, Over 68 and a half receiving yards combined with over 0.5 touchdown receptions. Kevin, if you want to bet this one, plus 450. Bet 100 with an additional 450. Betting it or drinking it? Uh, Jason, I think I'm going to bet. I think I'm going to bet this one. I mean, those are really great odds. Uh, I mean, all he has to do is get 69 receiving yards and one touchdown. I mean, honestly, if they re- if the Bucks really tried, Gronk could get that on one series if he if they really really made a concerted effort to do it. He's going to have four quarters to get that done. I mean, I know Bill Belichick's no fool. He's obviously going to key on Gronk, but he has so many other weapons on that Patriots offense to worry about that. I think Gronk is definitely going to be able to pick up both of those numbers. And yeah, I would lay. Uh, I don't think I would lay a hundred, but I would lay fifty bucks on this game for sure. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, 25 to win a 112.50. I know that, that sounds like a crazy number, but I agree. Look, Tom Brady wants to make Gronk look good as well, so why wouldn't he try and target him for a touchdown and some receiving yards? So I'll jump on that one as well. Tom Brady, over under 304.5 passing yards at the Patriots. You going to go ahead and bet that one either way, Kevin, or are you going to save that money? Um, hmm. You know what, Jason? I think I am going to pass on this one. I'm going to drink this one. That's because I would like to think that Tom Brady is going to be under just because, I mean, we've seen him long enough to know that he doesn't need to throw for 400 yards for his team to win. He'll literally do whatever it takes to win. I mean, I think it was uh, the last Super Bowl that he won with the Patriots that, oh, yeah, the game plan was that they couldn't stop the run, so he handed the ball off to Sony Michelle for, you know, uh, 30 times in the Super Bowl or something like that. He'll do whatever it takes to win. But I'm just not sure either way, so I'm going to go ahead and I'll drink this one. All right, I'm going to take the over of 304.5. Say Brady wants to make the revenge sweet for him and Gronkowski, and the Bucks win that game. We'll take another break. When we come back, look at some college football. Also get into some more NFL games. Better to drink it. Don't forget the Toilet Bowl game of the week coming up. Our three best bets against the spread. All that and more right after this. We'll be right back on State Lines. Staying connected is important in today's world. 
Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash Lifeline if you have access to the Internet. Lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable. Limited to one discount per household. AT&T services, including Lifeline, are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply. We'll be right back on State Lines. We roll along with a week Four of the NFL here on State Lines. But before we do that, along with Kevin Berger, I'm Jason Gotch. Let's get to our college football. It'll actually be a pick this week because Notre Dame and Northwestern both have a bye. The Illini this week are in action. They are a 10.5-point uh, favorite, and they're playing Charlotte in Champaign at Memorial Stadium. Illinois is minus 480 on the money line. Charlotte's plus 350. Total 54 and a half. This is an 11 a.m. kickoff central time on the Big Ten Network. Now, Charlotte does have a 3-1 and record. They do have a win over Duke this year. Illinois, 1-4 and for that win over Nebraska. They've lost four pretty close games. So, uh, Kevin, what are you thinking here? Illinois gets back in the win column straight up. Do they cover the spread? Or could the 49ers come in here and pull a surprise like UTSA did a few weeks ago? Um, Jason, honestly, I would not be shocked at all if Charlotte manages to pull to pull something out. Um, as you said, I mean, Illinois lost to UTSA. They did beat Duke, who Duke did not look very good against Northwestern, and we just saw them play. So, I, I you know what? I'm just going to go out. I think Charlotte's going to be able to do enough to cover this game, Jason, for sure. So, I honestly would kind of look at them minus, uh, minus 10 and a half. All right, Kevin is on the Charlotte 49ers to win that contest. I'm going to go with Illinois. I, they they need a win. They've been close in games. Ten and a half is a lot of points for a team that's one and four. But if they're ever going to bust out and have a good game, it's going to be this one. The problem is the Illinois offense. The, the quarterback play is abysmal right now with Brandon Peters. Art Sitkowski wasn't much better when he played as the backup. So I'll say Illinois wins this one. They're going to and they're going to cover that spread, take out some frustrations when they get back to Big Ten play. Reality will hit again. All right, let's get to the NFL card continuing here for week number four. Kevin, the 49ers and the Seahawks. We got some good NFC West matchups here to talk about. First one is the 49ers are minus three, minus 150, hosting the Seahawks, plus 130, total 51 and a half, 305 kickoff, uh, central time in Santa Clara, California. Niners, tough loss last week to the Packers on Mason Crosby's walk-off field goal. Uh, the Seahawks are off to a disappointing one and two start this year. That's very uncharacteristic under Pete Carroll. Uh, give us your thoughts on this matchup. Well, uh, Jason, I think I think both of these teams are going to be coming out with a vengeance. I mean, as you said, Seahawks were not used to them struggling at this point in the season. Usually, that's um, in the second half of the season when Russell Wilson is beat up and the and their team is hurt. And San Francisco, I don't think we expected this out of them so far this season either. But um, 
just taking a look at how these teams have played so far, I would really look at um, – I think the Niners are going to be able to be able to cover this game for sure. Their offense is very explosive. I think their defense is a lot better than people give it credit for, especially with how much uh, Aaron Rodgers just systematically dissected that defense last week. But that's just what him and Devontae Adams have always done. Um, so I think I would take the 49ers in this one minus three. Uh, it's minus 105 on that one. All right, so Kevin is going to go ahead and take the 49ers. I'm on the other side here. Look, it, it, it's you hear things like must-win games in week four, and you kind of scratch your head, except when you look at the standings right now in the NFC West. You break it down. The Rams are 3-0. and The Cardinals are 3-0. and The 49ers, if they win this game, are 3-1, and and Seattle would be 1-3. and So the Seahawks would dig themselves quite a hole in a very good division if they do not win this game. So I'm not going to take them on the money line. I like the points of some insurance, but I'm going to take Seattle plus three with a decent shot to win outright. Now, the other good game in the NFC West, well, there can only be one matchup. There's only four teams in the division. So the Rams are playing host to the Arizona Cardinals. The Rams are minus four here. Minus 220 on the money line. Cardinals return plus 180. The total's 55. 305 kickoff central time. Two unbeaten teams. This is a good matchup on paper. And it should be entertaining, too, with Matthew Stafford going up against Kyler Murray. Uh, you on the Cardinals here, Kev? Or are you going to go with the Rams? Honestly, Jason, I'm going with the Rams on this one. I, I don't think any of us expected Matt Stafford to look this good. Um, but I suppose this is what happens when you give Matt Stafford actually an entire arsenal worth of weapons to actually spread the football around to. Um, and that's, of course, going back to him being around Detroit. So um, L.A. Rams, I think they, they've looked very, very good so far. He's making a really strong case for him being the early season MVP so far. So I would go ahead and I would take the Rams uh, minus four because um, I, I see them definitely being able to cover, if not actually kind of blow out the Cardinals, because this team has not been impressive so far at this point in the season. All right, I'm on the other side here again in this one. I am going to take the Cardinals. Look, and I love situational plays in the NFL, and the Rams are off about as big a win as you can get. A win over Brady and the Bucks, the defending Super Bowl champs. So I just see this one as a little bit of a letdown spot. I don't know if Arizona wins. Not very confident in that, but I think they can keep it close. So I'm going to go ahead. Take the Cardinals plus the four. This is State Lines. He's Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch. Rolling through some week four NFL action on the lines. Wow, there's a big spread here, Kev. You look at the Buffalo Bills and the Houston Texans. Buffalo is minus 16 and a half at home. Noon kickoff. The total's 47. Bills on the money line, minus 13.75. If you like the Texans to win, you might want to bet them here outright. Plus 800 on the money line. Again, total's 47. Can Houston stun the world, or will the Bills roll in Buffalo? Well, Jason, honestly, I, I initially you would think that the Bills are not going to have any problem in this game, but number one, that line is awful. I mean, it's 16 and a half. That's large, even for the talent discrepancy between these two teams. That is a big, big ask on the money line. Also, we didn't think that – you and I didn't think, Jason, that the Texans are uh, – that the Steelers stood a ghost of a chance against uh, the Bills either. And look what happened. So um, the Texans, they have looked better the last couple of weeks. Now, granted, that's not saying a whole heck of a lot. But I agree with you, Jason. I'm going to go ahead and I will take the Houston Texans outright to win this game because I think the Bills are going to vastly overlook this team. And as we know, any given Sunday in the NFL, things can happen. 
So let me go ahead and I'm going to go place a couple bucks on the Texans because, hey, why not at this? I mean, plus 800, you're never going to get any better odds than that. Yeah, that's a huge number. I'm going to take the Texans plus the 16 and a half. Look ahead spot here for the Bills. They got an AFC Championship game rematch against the Chiefs next week. Houston's not good. I don't know why they're not playing Deshaun Watson. I do know, but I don't know. He hasn't been charged with any criminal offense at this point. I know he doesn't want to play for them, but I'd put him on the field anyway. You're paying him tens of millions of dollars this year, and he makes you a lot better. But it doesn't look like the Texans plan on doing that at all. They'll just keep him around and pay him the money on the active roster. But I'm still going to take the Texans here to keep this one within, you know, they don't even have to keep it within a couple touchdowns and they cover, so give me the Texans. Uh, Let's go with the Saints and Giants next. Saints, minus 7.5 at home, minus 335 on the money line. The Giants come back plus 260 on the money line. The total here is 42. Joe Judge's Giants look like a disaster. Saints up and down. Great wins over the Packers and Patriots. Then they had an ugly loss of Carolina mixed in. Can the Giants stun the world here, Kevin? Or will it be Houdat winning this one? Oh, I'm going to go with Houdat Nation in this one, Jason. Um, Especially with, if I understand correctly, I believe New Orleans is playing back in the Superdome again which uh, thank goodness for that one. But um, as far as I'm aware that they'll be playing at um, the Superdome. So with that being said, we all know how hard it is to play there. So give me the Saints uh, minus uh, the um, seven and a half. Yeah, the Saints are at home for this game, Kevin. You're right on on that one. Boy, I don't know. I, it's a tough one too. I, I'm gonna go with this, I'm gonna go with the Giants to keep it close. I'm gonna go. Dogs are barking here this segment for Jason Gotch. Give me the Giants plus the seven and a half. Saints could have a little bit of a letdown after that win over New England, though it is a home game. A little bit scary with that crowd's gonna be jacked up for their first home game of the year. They paid that pa- they played rather that Packers game in Jacksonville that they pounded the Packers week one because of the hurricane issues in New Orleans. Real quick here, some bet it or drink it's to get to. Bears, David Montgomery here. Kevin, over under 73 and a half rushing yards against the Motor City Kitty Detroit Lions. Take an oh. over, take an under, or are you going to drink it? I'm taking under, Jason, because I don't believe that Matt Nagy is going to give the ball to David Montgomery enough times for him to even get 65 yards, let alone 73 and a half. Because as he has shown us time and again, he refuses to run the football. He chooses not to run in the words of, in the words of the great Jerry Seinfeld, he chooses not to run. <laughs> yeah. Matt Nagy, the guy who nobody wants calm plays, but he's the coach because he's an offensive guru. Yeah. That it's not working out for Matt Nagy. I'm going to go over here though, because I think the Lions are just not a good team and the bears are going to be forced to run the football due to their offensive line issues and pass protection. So I'm going to go over the 73 and a half yards. Uh, let's do another Bears-Lions one here. Lions quarterback Jared Goff over under 245 and a half passing yards against the Bears. Goff with the over, Goff with the under. Sit this one out. I am going to sit this one out, Jason. I'm going to drink this one just because I. you never know what Bears team, what Bears defense is going to show up. Um, if it's going to be the defense of last week or if it's going to be the defense of two weeks ago against Joe Burrow where they managed to sack him, I think, five or six times and got three picks. I am going to go under on this one. I think the Bears defense will slow the Lions juggernaut and golf will be under 245 and a half passing yards. Does scare me though if the Bears build a big league garbage yardage for golf late. Bucks, Tom Brady, over under two and a half passing touchdowns at the Patriots. 
Mm, I will take the over on this one, Jason, for earlier reasons that you said. Tom Brady is going to want to make this revenge game as sweet as possible. So I think he'll be able to easily throw up three or four touchdowns. Give me Tom Brady on the over. Okay, and I'm going to go with you on the over as well. Mac Jones over under one and a half passing touchdowns against the Bucs. Ooh, you know what? I uh, I am going to drink this one, Jason, because I would like to say the under, but I think he could get at least one, maybe two, and they could still lose by quite a bit. So let me go ahead and I'll drink this one instead. I am going to go with the under for Mac Jones, as I think the Bucs are going to win that game. Let's take another break. Our final segment coming up for this week, Toilet Bowl Game of the Week, preview some more games, three best bets, all that right after this. You are listening to State Lines. We'll be right back. Staying connected is important in today's world. Whether it's hearing the news of a new baby in the family or calling work to let your boss know you're running late, phone and internet service keep you connected with your world. At AT AT&T, we know that some Americans face life every day without the comfort and security of having a phone or internet service. In certain areas, you may be able to reduce your phone or internet bill with a lifeline discount if you are in a qualifying low-income household. Additional discounts of up to $25 may be available to those living on federally recognized tribal lands where AT&T offers Lifeline. To find out more about Lifeline and other AT&T products and services, call us at 800-288-2020 or go to att.com slash lifeline if you have access to the internet. Lifeline is a government benefit program and willfully making false statements to obtain this benefit is punishable by fine or imprisonment and could result in termination of Lifeline service. Lifeline enrollment requires certain eligibility documentation and is non-transferable. Limited to one discount per household. AT&T services including Lifeline are not available in all areas. Other restrictions apply. You are listening to State Lines. We return to Jason Gotch and Kevin Berger. We are back here on State Lines, a pack segment for you. He is Kevin Berger. I am Jason Gotch. Let's get to it right now. Toilet Bowl game of the week could have easily been Bears-Lions, but we're not that mean here with the local audience. Why we like the Bears. <laughs> and there's another bad one. I don't know if it's a triple flush or probably a one and a half to two. The Indianapolis Colts, who are 0-3, are at the Miami Dolphins, who are 1-2. The Colts are plus two in this game. The Colts are minus 135 on the money line. The Dolphins come back uh, in this contest at minus one. Actually, they've updated those lines. Uh, The Miami Dolphins are minus 130. The Colts are plus 110 on the money line. The total is 42 and a half here, Kev. Ugly season for Frank Reich and Carson Wentz so far. Dolphins got quarterback issues. Let us know how it plays out. Well, Jason, um, as you said, that God, this is this is a really bad game. But um, I would go ahead and I would take the Dolphins. I'm going to take the Dolphins in this one minus two, just mostly because they are at home, and I think their defense is a little bit better than people give it credit for. The Colts, I mean, the Colts have been bad on both sides of the football. Their offense has been terrible. So is their defense. Their special teams hasn't been that great. They got a whole lot of nothing going for them. So give me the Dolphins at home minus the two. All right, Kevin locked in. Dolphins minus the two. I'm on the other side here. I think Frank Reich and company get their first win on the road. Dolphins again with those quarterback issues with Tua's health up in the air. I'm going to go with the Colts plus the two. 
Some more games to preview that we haven't talked about yet. Let's do it right now. Charge, this is a good one. Monday Nighter, 7.15 p.m. Central Time kickoff. Monday Nighters have been a little bit better this year than in past years, at least so far. AFC West Showdown. The LA Chargers are minus three at home, minus 165. The Raiders are plus 145 on the money line. Total in this game is 52 presently. Raiders are 3-0. and Chargers come in at 2-1. and Kevin, what do you think about this one? Well, Jason, I don't think anybody expected um, expected this to come from the, from the Raiders this year especially, but they, they found a way to win. So you know what? I think they're going to do the same thing. I'm going to take the Raiders plus 3, minus 105 in this game. I mean, as we know, Darren Waller is a monster. Their defense has been very, very good. Derek Carr has looked pretty good, and they're able to run the football. And that's the big thing is they're going to need to be able to run the football, especially against the Chargers defense. You're not going to want to have Derek Carr stand back there for 35, 40 attempts with Joey Bosa breathing down his neck the entire game. So let me go ahead and take the Raiders plus three on the minus 105 on the spread. All right, I'm going to go ahead and take the Raiders as well. Next week, the Raiders will be hosting the Bears, so not much of a look ahead right there for the Raiders. I don't think they're all that jacked up about playing the Bears as some kind of rivalry game. Go ahead. Give me the Raiders on the road to cover that three. Ravens and Broncos, good matchup here. Ravens got the Justin Tucker crossbar bounce for an NFL record 66-yard field goal for that miracle win at the Lions last week. Got some help from the refs. Got some help from the Lions defense on a fourth and long. The refs with the delay game penalty miss. But the Ravens are 2-1 and one this year. They're plus one in Denver against an unbeaten Broncos squad. Broncos were my sleeper team coming into the year. They have not made me look bad, at least not yet. Uh, Broncos minus one, minus 105 on the, on the uh, spread. The Ravens are minus 115, plus the one point. Totals 45 and a half. Uh, Broncos minus 115 on the money line, Ravens minus 105. Kevin, I want to hear your thoughts on what's a good matchup earlier in the, early in the year in the AFC. Yeah, Jason, this is a very good matchup, especially with um, it being at mile high. I think that we all know that gives Denver an advantage right there because they're used to being up there. Um, I, I, I think this spread is it's so small, obviously, being minus one. But um, I'm inclined to go ahead and take the Broncos minus one in this game i think it's going to be an exceptionally close game um their defense as we know their defense is solid coached by big Fangio, and on top of that uh teddy bridgewater has looked very very solid so far up to this point in the season i think that's going to continue so give me the broncos minus uh 105 in this ball game all right broncos minus a 105 for kevin i'm gonna go ahead and take the ravens plus the one i think they find a way to get it done on the road here this game's gonna be close so basically it's a pick them but i'll take the point in case they lose by one give me the ravens it's that time in the show kevin we do it every week three best bets of the contest to wrap up the program let's alternate picks here as we always do but i am gonna go ahead and throw the floor to you first give me one of your three best bets for week number four in the nfl well jason bet number one for me is going to be i'm um, in the game with uh cleveland traveling up to minnesota to take on the vikings um as we know we just saw cleveland last week i think they looked very very good um against the bears then again it's not exactly hard but uh, I'm looking at the Browns. Um, I'm looking at the Browns minus two. They are minus two, uh, minus 110 on the spread. Uh, the, then they are uh, one, minus 135 on the money line. Yeah, so they actually are favored even on the road. I'm not impressed with the with how the Vikings have looked this year. Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. 
I think he's going to get broken in half by a combination of Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney. And I don't think that defense is going to be enough to stop um, Baker Mayfield and company. So let me take the Browns minus two. All right, I am going to stick with this game as well, and Kevin and I are on opposite sides. I am actually going to go with the Minnesota Vikings in this game at home. The Vikings this season have had two real tough losses. They lost in overtime to the Bengals, 27-24 to start it. They lost to the Cardinals in Arizona by one. They had a nice win over the Seahawks last week. I think they roll to another win in this game. Probably a close contest, but I'll take the Vikings plus the two points at home, so lock me in for the Vikings plus two at home against the Browns. Kevin, week number four, pick number two, best bet for you, go. Um, My best bet number two, Jason, I think that is going to be for me, it's going to be involving the Titans and the Jets. Um, I think the Titans minus, they're minus seven on the road, minus 110. Um, Let's be honest, the Jets are not very good. I don't think they're going to be able to keep this game close enough to cover. So um, let me take the Titans minus 110. All right, I'm going to go Chiefs with my second best bet of the week in no particular order with these best bets. But I'm going to go Chiefs minus seven at the Eagles. The Eagles offense is woeful right now. Will Jalen Hurts be their quarterback the entire game this week? Who knows? But the Chiefs need a win. I think they make a statement here. Good offense beats a bad offense pretty bad in Philadelphia as the Chiefs are going to roll minus the seven in Philly. Final best bet of the week for Kevin Berger. Here it is. Yeah, and my last one, Jason's actually going to be one of the games that we talked about earlier on in the show, and that is going to be um, Carolina versus Dallas. I really agree with what you and I both said, that Carolina, they've looked a lot better. Sam Darnold, I think, is going to be able to help do enough, and the defense is going to be able to do enough to keep that game close. So let me take Carolina minus, or, uh, minus one ten, plus four against the spread, minus 110. All right, Kevin, locked in with the Panthers. My final pick, Jason Gotch, with you here. I'm going to go with the Seahawks, plus the three in San Francisco against the 49ers. This is as close to a must-win game early in the season you're going to have with the Rams and Cardinals, both 3-0, and the Niners 2-1, and and the Seahawks uh, just 1-2. and They don't want to lose a division game. They don't want to fall to 1-3 and in a very good division. So I'm going to take Seattle plus the three. I think they got a great chance for an outside win, but let's cover it by saying take the three points because this game is likely to be very, very close. That will do it for the week four edition of State Lines. He is Kevin Berger. I'm Jason Gotch. Enjoy the picks. Enjoy the winners. And we will talk to you next week, everybody. You've been listening to State Lines, a Franklin Media Group podcast. For more information, visit statelines.show. To start your own podcast, visit franklinmedia.group.